0: Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. So before we get into the message, I want to tell you this joke that I heard. That I, I thought it was funny. If you don't think it's funny, just give me one of those pity laughs. You know, just say, ha ha ha. Okay, can you guys do that for me? Because it's very awkward whenever I tell a joke and nobody laughs. So, this, uh... This hillbilly, we'll call him Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby is on vacation in the city. And so Ricky Bobby's walking through the streets, and, and he goes in. He decides he's going to walk into this pet store. And so he walks into the pet store, and he's looking around, and he sees uh, turtles, and he sees goldfish. And, and as he's staring at the most beautiful, cutest little puppy he has ever seen in his life, he hears from behind him, he's, he hears a voice calling out saying, hey, hey, you, hey. Ricky Bobby turns around. He says, are you talking to me? And it's a parrot. He says, parrot, are you talking to me? The parrot says, yeah, I'm talking to you. He says, what? He says, you are the ugliest thing I have ever seen in my life. Well, Ricky Bobby kind of gets his feelings hurt. So he goes up to the store owner and he says, you know what your parrot just said to me? He was very mean and disrespectful and he hurt my feelings. The store owner gets a little bit frustrated, he goes up to the parrot, slaps him around, and says, you don't talk to my customers that way. We don't treat our customers that way and gives Ricky Bobby a free sucker and he's pretty happy with the free sucker. So he goes along his way. And the last day of his vacation, he decides he's going to come back to that pet store because he's just going to get some more of that little cute puppy. So he makes his way directly to the cute puppy and he's just staring at the cute puppy and he hears a familiar voice from behind. Hey, hey, Ricky Bobby turns around and stares at the parrot. He says, what? The parrot says, you know. <laughs> if you didn't get it, you'll get it on your way home. <laughs> you know. And you see, here's, here's the thing about hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, excuse me. Is we hear that voice in our heads. We hear that voice in our minds that you know. You know who you really are. You know what you said. You know what you did. And it's so hard sometimes to deal with that when we're, say, in a church service like this morning and God is moving and and we feel the presence of God and then we begin to try to enter into his presence and we, we try to lift up our hands and we try to experience God and then we just hear this voice, a very familiar voice from behind saying, you know, you know. It's that voice whenever we're trying to to help someone else out or when we're trying to be an example to someone or when we're just simply trying to share our faith. And it's that voice that comes up from behind and tells us, you know, you know. And sometimes it's so hard to deal with. And oftentimes it silences us when we shouldn't be silent. It keeps us from sharing our faith and keeps us from sharing Jesus with others because again, that familiar voice just saying, you know, you know who you are. You know what you did. You know what you said. You know what you looked looked at. You knew what you were doing. You know. And this feeling of hypocrisy just overwhelms us. And oftentimes, it's so much easier to just give up, to step away, to walk away, than it is to just face that and to walk right straight through it. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Or is it just me? Let's pray, and then we'll get into the message. God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. We ask you, that, God, that as we look at this very delicate subject, we ask you, God, that, that we will look... Look at it through lenses of love and of grace. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would speak to us like you've never spoken to us before. Help us to understand this and look at this in a way that we've never seen it before. God, help us to understand your word. Help us to receive your word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. amen. Look at somebody next to you and say, you know. Look at the other person and say, yeah, I know, I know, I know. So hypocrisy is just one of those things that, let let me define it for you very quickly. Hypocrisy is the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behaviors does not conform. The practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behaviors does not conform. Simply put, hypocrisy is just doing what you said you wouldn't do. And you know, Paul dealt with this. And we'll see it a little bit later on in Romans chapter 7. But Paul says, why is it that I do the things that I don't want to do and the things that I want to do, I don't do? See, the truth is we all have hypocritical tendencies. Every single one of us. Now, would you agree that it's not healthy or not right to devour half a box of oreos raise your hand raise your hand if you would agree with me none of y'all agree that that okay now don't raise your hand but how many of you have ever done that yeah it's been a long day and that's ten thirty at night and what it's, it's just like I think, who was it? Was it Lay's or maybe Pringles? Once you you pop, you can't stop. That's the way I am with Oreos. I have never, ever in my life eaten one Oreo. I just can't do it. Now, and if we sit here and if we have a conversation, I would tell you, yeah, that's that's not healthy. That's bad for you. Actually, Oreos are, in general, terrible for you. But I had to tell my wife, please stop buying Oreos. Because I don't just eat one. You know, So what I do is I'll eat out of that tray that you can't really see. You know how you like peel it back and you can see the middle middle row really good, but you can't see the side ones. And so what I'll do is I'll eat out of that one. And then once it gets so far, I'm like, oh, I got to even up the other rows too. (laughs) That's so hypocritical though. I would sit here and tell you, man, you don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. That's bad for you. That's unhealthy, blah, blah, blah. But oh, how they call my name at 1030 at night with a nice cold glass of milk and just let it kind of dissolve in your mouth. Oh my, hey man, yes, praise Jesus. (laughs) But again, I would sit here and tell you, don't do that. That's terrible for your health. That's bad for you. That's all a hypocrite is. is just someone who, who can understand and look at someone and say, listen, you don't need to walk this way. You don't need to act this way. You don't need to do these things. You don't need to look at these things. You don't, you don't need to talk this way. But then again, we find ourselves doing the exact same thing. Every single one of us, listen, every single one of us, no one is exempt. We all have hypocritical tendencies. We all have a tendency to do things that we know we shouldn't do. And it's because we have these tendencies, again, that that familiar voice saying, you know, it destroys us. It beats us down. It kills us. And it makes us just want to give up. It makes us want to walk away. It makes us stay silent when we should speak. It keeps us from sharing our faith when, when they really need the hope of Jesus. And you know. And so we just stay silent. I want you to know that if you've ever dealt with this or as you have dealt with this, I want you to know that you're not on your own. You're not the only one. You are not alone in this. Every single one of us in some areas of life or another, we all deal with having hypocritical tendencies. Every single one of us. No one is exempt. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 12 through 14, listen to this. These are excellent scriptures to highlight and say H- how I have hated instruction and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. Now, we we have to pay attention here. We have to understand who's writing this. Solomon is writing this. And Solomon is leaving this to his children, to his family. He's giving them advice. And as he's giving them advice, what is he saying? He's saying, I didn't listen to advice. And because he didn't take the counsel and he didn't listen to the advice of his teachers, He tells us he was almost at the verge of ruin. Listen, it's so much easier to fall into hypocritical tendencies and to be a hypocrite when we don't listen to sound counsel, when we don't listen to good advice. And the reason why is because we all have blind spots. You know what a blind spot is? You ever been driving down the road and somebody kind of starts cutting over into your lane and you're like, you idiot, what are you doing? Yeah? And you honk and you maybe say some not so gospel words. I don't know, hopefully not. And we say, you idiot, what are you doing? Don't you see me? And we were in that person's blind spot. Now here's the funny thing. Have you ever done that to somebody though? And we're just like, oh, Sorry. But, but we're not an idiot, right? We just didn't see you. But I'm not an idiot. I just. Well, what are you doing there? Hurry up! We're getting. I don't know. You see, that's, that's that's what happens. We all have blind spots. We all need someone around us, someone that is going to be that's going to have our best interests in mind. Someone that is going to be godly. Somebody that's going to give good, sound advice. We need somebody around us to say, "Listen, bro." That's not right. Because we sometimes, because there are blind spots, we don't see them. We don't acknowledge them. Yeah? We all have blind spots. We need someone, and and when we don't have that person... When you don't have somebody in your life or a group of people in your life, this is why small groups is so important, but when you don't have people or a small group of people in your life that can look at you and tell you the way you're living, the way you're handling this, the way you're going about this, what you just said, the way you reacted, all of those things are wrong. You shouldn't do those things. When we don't have those people, then we'll just keep on going right through life, doing the wrong things and being a huge hypocrite and never even know it we will never even realize it. We've got to have somebody in our life. We've got to have a small group of people. We've got to have someone that can help us, that can point out flaws, I can point out errors. And, and in a loving way, I'm not saying you need somebody sitting over you just judging you. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you need someone that can just point you in the right direction. Someone that can say, listen, that's not really the best way to do this. What if we tried this? You guys with me? Because when we don't, when we don't have that, then our blind spots will lead us into hypocritical tendencies and lead us into being the biggest hypocrite anybody has ever seen. The peril of hypocrisy, the dangers of being a hypocrite, number one is this, through our hypocrisy, we can unwillingly lead someone astray. We can unwillingly, unknowingly lead someone away from Jesus. Sometimes it's by example, because... Especially if you're parents, or if you're an older sibling, there's somebody following you, it cracks me up how much Adeline follows Zion around. And everywhere Zion goes, there goes Adeline just kind of bobbing back and forth. And she doesn't even know what she's doing, but there she goes. Zion goes over here, and there goes Adeline. Zion runs over there, and there goes Adeline. We've all got somebody following in our footsteps. We've all, we're all leading someone by example. So when we live in hypocrisy, when we live doing the wrong things, and sometimes we lead someone astray unwillingly, unknowingly, just because they're going where we're going. And other times, our hypocrisy can push people away from Jesus. See, here's, here's one of the best examples that I can think But does, does anybody know who, who Westboro Baptist Church is? The, the church that would picket fences or picket signs and just saying nasty things to people and saying God hates you and God despises you and God thinks you're... you guys know who they are? Yes. Westboro Baptist, Baptist Church. But here's the thing. How, how many of y'all know who Church of the Highlands is? Y'all know who Elevation Church is? Y'all know who Life Church is? Saddleback Church? You see, those are five of the largest churches in the United States. And most of you have never heard their names. Y'all don't know who, you, who they are. But so many of you have heard of Westboro Baptist Church, who's like this five-person church. And you see how their hypocrisy And I've seen how their hypocrisy has led people away from Jesus because of their hypocritical ways and because of the things that they've said, the hurtful things that they've done and because of their lifestyle, people automatically assume, well, that's the way all Christians are. That's the way all Christians think. That's the way Jesus really is. That's who God really is. You see, when we live and when we stay in our hypocrisy and we keep doing the wrong things, knowing that they're the wrong things, what we do is we put up a front and we actually separate and we, and we uh, kick people away from God because they think that's who they are. And we've all heard it. If you've ever invited more than one or two people to church, you've heard somebody say, well, I'm not going to go with all of the hypocrites. Right? We've all heard it. Now, sometimes it's just an excuse, but sometimes they've actually really been hurt by somebody. You guys with me? So sometimes our hypocrisy leads people astray just because they're simply following us and then sometimes it leads people astray because they think that's who the model or what the model of God is. Go with me to Romans chapter two, verses one through three. Romans chapter two, verses one, two, and three. Therefore, you are inexcusable. Oh man, whoever you, are, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things, but we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, oh man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? You see, the danger of staying and living inside of hypocrisy, knowingly, willingly staying inside of hypocrisy, the danger is we bring on the judgment of God upon ourselves. We invite God to look at us and judge us and invite the wrath of God over us. You see, we can't, if if, we've got, number one, we've got to get somebody around us that can point it out. And once we know it, once someone has lovingly and gracefully pointed pointed it out to us, we cannot stay there. We cannot live there because it's a very, very dangerous place to be. You don't want, listen, you don't want the wrath of God coming over your life. And I don't want it coming over my life. I don't want the judgment of God looking down at my life. If God were to ever open up my book and just really start reading and just start pointing out every single flaw that I've ever had, my goodness, I would be so, I I would be in utter destruction. And I don't want that for my life. And I'm sure you don't want that for your life. So once we get someone around us that points something out to us, we cannot stay there, we cannot live there. And so I want to give you just a few pointers, how to overcome hypocrisy. Let's go to Matthew chapter seven, as Jesus deals with it here in this, in this uh, chapter. Matthew chapter seven. I encourage you all to find it in your Bibles. By the way, you do need your Bible. Just because I haven't thrown that out there in a while. You need to bring your Bible to church. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew is going to be the very first book in the New Testament. If you'll notice, some of your your guys, as most of your Bibles, probably have red letters here. That's because Jesus is speaking here. This is coming directly from Jesus. So we'll read verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and then we'll go through them slowly. Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Number one. To overcome hypocrisy, the very first thing that Jesus says in verse 1, he says what? Judge not that you not be judged. Judge not. Don't judge others. Don't compare yourself to others. The, The most judgmental people you will ever meet are judging others and being critical of others because they're hiding something most times. And it's so much easier for me to sit up here and point at all of you and all of your flaws and all of your mistakes than it is to just look at myself and fix myself. And so we tend to point fingers and we tend to judge others and we tend to be harsh on others hoping that we kind of put up smoky mirrors here to where they can't see what's really going on within myself. The very first way to begin to overcome hypocrisy is just simply don't judge others. When somebody messes up, don't judge them. Don't criticize them. You know what the Bible says to do when somebody messes up, when somebody falls? The Bible says help them up. And if you can turn somebody back to Jesus, the Bible actually says that you have saved your brother. You have saved someone. You have helped save them. So when we see mistakes and when we see flaws in people, we don't sit back and point fingers and judge and say, look at you and look at that and look how terrible you are and look how... We don't do that. We don't begin to compare, but we begin to lift them up and we try to restore them and we try to point them back to Jesus and we try to lovingly bring them back into God's presence. That's who we're supposed to be. Not being judgmental. You guys with me? If we continue reading verse two, for with with what judgment you judge, you will be judged and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Verse three, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye. Focus inwardly, not outward, outwardly. Focus on the inside. Focus on yourself, not on everyone else. Again, don't fall into the trap of comparison. The Bible is meant to be a mirror not binoculars. We don't read the Bible and say, yeah, you should listen to this. You should read this. You should live life your way. We don't use the Bible as a as a way to judge others and to criticize others. We look at it as a mirror. And we look at, a, at it and we reflect on our own lives and we fix our lives and we move our lives and mold our lives according to what the Bible says. The Bible was never meant to be a set of binoculars looking around at others. We focus inwardly. We focus inwardly. We're not, anytime we begin to focus outwardly when it comes to the Bible and when it comes to applying the Bible, you know, and here's here's a very simple way to, to know whether or not you struggle with this is. If at the beginning of this message, whenever I mentioned that we're going to be talking about hypocrites, you, th- you thought, oh, so-and-so needs to be here for this one. You guys with me? If, if, if those words, if that thought went through your mind, then you're not focusing inwardly, you're focusing outwardly so much easier to tell people how to run their lives and how to live their lives and what they should do and you should do and you should do and if I were you, I would. Listen, we're not meant to focus on on the outside and what everybody else is doing. We're meant to focus inwardly. We're not called to fix everybody else's heart and fix everybody else's lives. We're called to live our lives according to what we know about what the Bible says. Focus inwardly, not outwardly. And so I, I just want to say this very quickly it's, it's, not about, it's not about being better than others, it's about being better than yourself being better than who you were yesterday. Let's focus inwardly, not outwardly. Verses 4 and 5 of Matthew chapter 7. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye. And look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the, you will see clearly to remove the speck from your neighbor's eye. Listen, before we start handing out advice to everybody, what if we took care of our own business first? Before we start telling other people how to live their lives and what they should do, what if we just took care of our own business first? Now, listen, Jesus, I want to be clear. Jesus doesn't say, don't help them remove the speck in their eye. He's just saying, dude, you can't see clearly. Now, how many of you would agree if, if, if you're about to go under the knife, if somebody's about to perform surgery on you, would you want them to be able to see clearly? Yeah? Like, you don't want me without my glasses operating on you. Wow, you guys just got very blurry. That's not what you want. You want somebody that can see clearly that has great vision. You want to make sure that whatever microscope they're working it's nice and polished. I think if I ever have to have surgery, I'm going to go in and just make sure that thing, I'm going to take my little rag for my glasses Wipe it down because I want to make sure they can see clearly. And so Jesus doesn't say, hey, don't help them remove the speck out of their eye. He doesn't say, don't notice it. Just walk around with your eyes down. He just says, listen, take the plank out of yours first. Make sure you have a proper lens. Make sure you're right before God. Make sure you're doing things right before you start going out and handing out advice to everybody. We just need to take care of business sometimes before we go out handing out advice to half the world and you should do this and you should do that and you should do this, before we start doing all of those things, we need to get our own house in order. We need to get our own life in order. We need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to walk according to God's word instead of just telling other people they should. Are you guys with me? You guys, you guys understanding me? And again, it doesn't mean we don't help other people. We do. But we do it once we can see clearly. Once we know what's really going on, once we've actually experienced it, once we've lived it, that's whenever we can begin to hand out and give out advice and and we can help others. You know, I don't know if you've ever flown on an airplane before, but before you take off, they go through all of these safety rules and and if you're sitting next to an exit, you know, they come up to you and they ask you, well, "Do you want to help in the event of an emergency?" And if you say no, then they move you. You can't sit on the exit seat. And um and then the 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 uh Seward is. She'll she'll get up there and she'll have like she'll show you how to buckle up your 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 seat belt and she'll tell you, uh, you know, stuff like no smoking and all of this stuff. And then they say, in the event that we lose pressure, the cabin loses pressure, they say a mask will fall down. And you know what they say? And they they even specifically talk to you moms. They say first put your mask on. Before assisting any children or elderly, do you know why? Because you can't help anybody if you're dead. You guys with me? Now I'm, I know some of you mothers would still be like, Ooh, trying to help your kid out and put put it on their on your kid, but that's not what you're supposed to do. And you see, that's how we make the biggest hypocrites sometimes. It's because we go, and start trying to give other people advice and try to tell other people how they should do something. You need this, you need this. But we can't help people out if we're blind. We can't help people out if we're dead. We can't help people spiritually if our life spiritually is just in turmoil. Take care of yourself. Take care of business. Get, get yourself right before God. Make sure you're walking good before God. Make sure your heart's pure. Make sure you're obeying God before we start telling other people they need to obey God. That's one of the greatest ways that we overcome hypocrisy. Um, I want to take you to Romans chapter seven, verse fifteen. This is Paul writing and and he says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do or what I want to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that's what I. I do again Paul if you don't know who Paul was. Paul had an incredible story. He was uh, formerly known as Saul and uh, as he was Saul, he was uh, the biggest persecutor of the Christian church. Matter of fact, the the very first Christian martyr outside of Jesus that died who gave his life because of the gospel. His name was Stephen. He died at the orders of Saul. Saul actually took the men that, that that killed him. Saul actually held their jackets while they killed him. And then Saul actually went out and got this order from the kings, from the emperor saying, I can go into whichever town I want to and persecute and kill and incarcerate and do whatever I want to with these Christian people. He actually had orders from the king, permission from the king to do this. And then one day as he's as he's uh, headed um, on his way to Damascus and a blinding light shows up and the voice of Jesus and, the, and in an instant his entire life is changed and, and, and his name now turns into Paul and he spends some time praying and as soon as he's done praying, man, he is on fire for the gospel and he starts spreading the love of Jesus and he actually wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This is who's writing this now. This man who had this amazing conversion, who did these incredible things. Nobody, nobody has done more outside of Jesus to spread the gospel than what Paul did in those days. And here he is being a seasoned man, being a man of God, being a man who heard the audible voice of God, who had an encounter with God. And he says, why is it that I'm doing the things that I hate? Why is it that I'm doing those things? Then if we jump to 2 Corinthians. Jump with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7 through 10 it says, and this is Paul writing again. He says, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. So what he's saying is, so that I don't get a big head because God has revealed so much to me. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. Maybe that thorn in the flesh, maybe that's what he's talking about in Romans chapter 7. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, highlight this, circle this, underline this. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities or my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Some of us need to underline that and circle that and highlight that when I am weak then I am strong has anybody ever just really asked God to change a certain area of your life and it just doesn't seem to be happening I have I have Paul did And then Paul came to the conclusion because he heard the voice of God saying, listen, you don't need me to change you. What you need is you need to stop operating on your strength and you need to start relying on my grace. Because it's when you're weak, God tells Paul, it's when you're weak, when you acknowledge that you can't, that you can't, that you're not good enough, that you're not strong enough, when you finally acknowledge that you just might need a savior, Jesus says, that's when I'm strong. See, one of the greatest ways, and this is such an awesome, awesome way to do it, is one of the greatest ways to overcome hypocrisy. It's not by being stronger. It's not by being better. It's not by being smarter. It's not, it's not behavior modification. It's not do this and this and that and this and that. What it is is just relying on God's grace. It's understanding I need God's grace to take me through this. I need God's strength to take me through this because I can't do this on my own. I'm not strong enough, and I'm not smart enough, and I'm not good enough. God, please give me grace. Help me through this. Because I promise you, every time you try to take control, every time we try to do things by our own strength, by our own might, by our own brain power, we mess things up. We say the wrong things. We do the wrong things. We go to the wrong places. We have the wrong attitude. You guys with me? Listen, you don't need to be stronger. You don't need to be better. You don't need to be a better version of you. You need God's grace in your life. You've got to get to this point to where you just say, Jesus, I give up. Take control. It's all about you. The last thing I want to leave with you to overcome hypocrisy is pursue Jesus, chase after Jesus, run after Jesus. Listen, if Paul dealt with it, if Paul, Paul was a much better man than any of us will ever be, Paul knew God more intimately than what I probably will ever know God And if Paul dealt with it, and if Paul struggled with it, then I'm going to as well. But what Paul did is he pursued Jesus. He chased after Jesus. He followed Jesus. Listen, let's not get caught up in how hypocritical we are or other people are. Let's just keep chasing after Jesus don't allow that voice telling you you know you know don't allow that to take you away or to put a a a, a stumbling block between you and god don't allow that to to create a divide between you and jesus just keep following jesus and whenever you do mess up because you're going to i'm going to we're all going to when we do mess up We don't get down on ourselves and we don't allow that voice to get louder in our minds and in our heads. What we do is we just get right back up and we begin to pursue Jesus again. The Bible says that even though the righteous man may fall and stumble seven times, he'll get back up every single time. And here's the thing. You're not righteous because of what you've done. You're righteous because of what Jesus has done. And overcoming hypocrisy isn't about anything that you can do or what you have done, and it's everything to do with what Jesus has done. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.thurremodelchurch.com.